0: This is your Act One Beginners Call. Act One Beginners. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode Five. Yes, Five of Act One Beginners Call Season Two. We're kind of halfway-ish through a season.
1: You say that as if we've got a plan for the rest of it. We
0: don't have a plan. (laughs) It's just gonna be a vibe. You're drinking your cider. Is that asphalt? It is Aspel. I got
1: it for my birthday from my friend Jodie, so...
0: Amazing. Shout out to Jodie.
1: Yeah, she just got me alcohol, so...
0: She knows you well. Mm. Mm. So, we thought we'd just take a little bit of a chill pill, as it (laughs) will. (laughs) Yes. And take a bit of a different vibe, and just kind of have a chat, have a convo... Of a convo convo no particular plan you know we had had her on last week that was kind of a plan with what we wanted to talk about and why not just i mean we
1: we don't we often go on very large tangents on this show we never (laughs) stick we never stick to what we're planning on i'm very loud in this recording let me just turn down really you're quiet now now i'm just okay I'd rather okay. you
0: be loud and yeah.
1: proud It's fine, we'll go for it um, But normally we end up going on tangents But we do start with an actual plan um, G- And we normally have We do know kind of roughly Well, I say we Gigi knows where we're aiming to go I'm just along for the ride each week
0: But <laughs> this week, neither of us I'm the, I'm us. the planner what's, yeah. what's that word? Like who, What's the person of someone like, on a film set Who plans? Is that like a producer? producer? Am I the producer? I
1: ah uh, sure.
0: I'm yeah, you like, like.
1: You write down all the notes of what we're gonna do each week, and then
0: okay, okay. no, 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 no. You make it sound like I'm a control freak. We plan <laughs> <fun laughs> together. Doesn't make it sound like that at
1: all. <laughs> <laughs> and then I say,
0: <laughs> no collaborative process here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I'm not any help whatsoever, so Gigi does it.
0: But then your skill is in the editing, because I, I will not have the attention span or the capacity or the intelligence to do so. I mean, not much has been going on in the, at the moment in Theatre Land News, apart from the announcement on the 17th of May, we are meant to reopen theatres, which is very exciting. Ooh. Will it happen? I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to think so. Because there's a bloody long time between reopening stuff. Yeah.
1: They're doing... They are going quite slow this time. They've kind of just... They've gone... Yeah, yeah we, no, let's We've fucked try. up so
0: much before. Finally, We've got then. to overcompensate now. Yeah.
1: I'm about... I'm almost the only person in my house now who hasn't had a vaccine. So I'm oh. feeling singled out. For being a healthy, young human being. (laughs)
0: You're feeling oppressed.
1: I'm being being controlled by the government by not being allowed to have my freedom to a vaccine. No, I'm fine. Mm. I got told by my housemates the other day that I'm like Oprah. (laughs) We were watching uh, the interview... And Gemma and I were just right. going, you know what? We would love to be Oprah. Oprah's amazing. Oprah, she had. She asked some stupid questions. She's in a glass like, box. Like, my favourite thing was, yeah. <laughs> my favourite thing was, like, <laughs> Megan would just reveal something completely, like, traumatising, like, heart-wrenching. And then Oprah just went, so what were you feeling? I was like, she just told you what she was feeling, Oprah,
0: and that was sad. <laughs> I just really wanted to go halfway through. Like, Megan's going... I just, I just felt really emotional. Mm. Megan, so come, so I hope this will help you. Under your chair, there's a set of car keys. <laughs> you, you get, get a, a car. car. Harry gets a car. Get a car. Archie gets a car, just not a security detail. <laughs> Everybody gets it's a car. A car. <laughs> I, I was watching the interview and all I kept thinking, I want to run around in that garden. It was a nice garden It was a bloody nice we were, garden we were, we were
1: debating the furniture We were like Oh that's a nice table what a It's a nice, nice table t- With the paving
0: though Different We have paving. now reached middle age
1: <laughs> Gemma was just like I wouldn't wear those She was looking at um, Harry's outfit I was like Oh no I wouldn't wear those shoes Like brown's an awful <gasps> colour And I was like But you can't have black Black's too harsh With a light grey suit You need to have brown yes, shoes you need to have brown shoes They look weird Because you don't often see brown shoes But you do need you them You can't she have was like, brown mm-hmm. shoes yeah i was like so we were we were and then they were like discussing
0: (laughs) deep personal issues and we were just like oh no you can't have black shoes oh my god um my aunt oh she she actually said megan was very theatrical wasn't she she was you know she's an actress she is i don't think
1: she's theatrical
0: i think she's just she knows how to talk to a camera well because she's that's it do it, and people are saying it's scripted and i'm like well as an actor you do so many interviews I, I preferred James Corden's interview with them. Because, mm. I don't know, it just felt like... I don't, I don't know. They're different, they're different more, tones.
1: They're different yes, styles. Yes, that's it.
0: So. You don't, like... You know when Oprah was like, like, so what's the relationship with your brother? You go like, do you speak to your brother? Like, you know, like, it just... Yeah. I don't know. It's very different to British she was kind interviewer. Of,
1: there was just, like, some things where she... Came across as way
0: more shocked than I think she. I know, but that's Americans. There Uh, may be Americans listening to this. But I'm moving to America next year, but for accent classes. Basically, I was told I was too depressing. I was too depressing to be American. Oh God! If they met me, Jesus Christ. (laughs) So
1: So it was like you're one of the chippiest person I (laughs) I know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but we were doing this game called <laughs> Elena, My name is Kyler I am really <laughs> And it was all like American And <laughs> I was like They do this in kindergarten, that's why they're so fucking loud It's like
1: it. That feels like when I walk into Um like the amount of times I've walked into one of the like rehearsal, like backstage rooms before a show starts, because mm. I'm wanting to get like some LX tape or something. Mm. And I'm just seeing warm ups, and it looks yeah. like everyone in the cast is in a cult, and they're just like, hoo, 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 hoo. and I'm just like, what is happening? And they're like, oh, Olivia, join in, join in. We want to get everyone involved. And I'm like, no, there is a reason I stand <laughs> in the back and in the dark. I don't want to do
0: this. I mean, what's uni theatre doing at the moment to get back on um, some nothing. sort of theatrical <laughs> tangent? I say nothing. Um, it's well, like, all very... like, what was it pre-Covid? What is it now? And then what do you think it's going to be like post-Covid?
1: So pre-Covid, there was a show going on about every other week. You couldn't escape mm. it. I, in pre-Covid, like last year and first year, I was involved in three or four shows within the span of yeah. six months. Um, you, you're, don't, you're non-stop. You're going, you're often doing two shows at a time. You're just, especially as a techie, like backstage, you're getting involved quite a lot. It You would kind of just be doing a show. Like there there's a new show starting all the time from about November onwards. Then they try to do it again this year. In the hopes that oh, like January you would be able to go into a theater, oh maybe March, and then like oh maybe the third, like so at the moment they're yeah. trying to do like open air, but they're like considering open air performances in third term or
0: yeah, which should s- like theory work
1: in person performances but streamed or filmed and then cast out. So there is yeah. a in theory a musical happening next term, which no, do you know hopefully- what it is? It's a um, newly written one. It's written by a student here. Oh, um, yeah. That's so, that's
0: that's clever because you're yeah yeah promoting. So they're the not losing
1: any money through royalties. <laughs> Although to be honest, most companies are pretty lenient at the moment in terms of rights and stuff. Because we had a very we struggled quite a while with our rights situation, and when we cancelled, we got I think our money back or something. They were very lovely. Oh good. With us. Um, but no, it's a student written performance. Hopefully, it'll go across. It'll go ahead. I would like to see them succeed. Yeah. I don't have the highest hopes because I've seen everything get
0: cancelled around me this year. So I'm... I. I th- I think you could at least say that it can be streamed, and whether you just you either bubble the cast or you. Yeah. Because everyone's getting tested twice weekly, right? Yeah, we get like, uh, everywhere we have the op- opportunity to get tested twice
1: weekly. So. Um, so like, and in their plan that. is to film it And stream it out So it's not like they're doing it in person Like they're actually doing a performance With an audience mm. in the building So I'm hoping it yeah. works out for them There's still a few shows That are planning on going to the Fringe That have been doing work
0: online That's mm, that, again that's the whole still situation up in the that's air. being talked about isn't it yeah. Well Fringe so I'd love to go to Fringe How do you get into doing uni theatre? Like, and I know COVID's very different, but if someone's listening and they're like, oh yeah, I want to do, you know, be in the Musical Theatre Society, I want to be in the Shakespeare Society. So typically, as with your typical
1: university, so this is like, I'm talking about University of Exeter, your Universities of Northampton... Uh, it's Northampton at university. I I love how you went for Northampton. I was thinking of You could have Cambridge. I know, I was meant to go with Nottingham, but my brain just went Northampton, and I just went, does Northampton have a university? I'm sure there is. It must do. But, like, your universities of Warwick, Manchester, Liverpool, Birmingham, all that sort of thing, they all have societies. Societies make up a big portion of university. Like, it's a key aspect of it. Exeter has a very large... uh, student theatre population it's incredibly large. We have something like almost ten theatre societies which is absolutely a stupidly large amount. It's brilliant because there's a thing for everything but most universities will have maybe a theatre society and a musical theatre society or they'll just have a performing arts or maybe they'll have like two or three but Mm. Exeter has quite a lot so I'm speaking from a university experience where they're very different and they're blocks of people and like shows mm. but as with any university there'll be a societies fair at the start of the year or you'll kind of see stuff posted and it's just like when you're looking at universities when you're looking at joining even if you're you're in your third year and you haven't got involved yet always get involved always reach out try audition go to interviews societies always want new people they want to meet new people i've met so many third years who got involved in a society, not just musical theatre or theatre, but, like, other societies, Mm. who got involved in third year and said, I wish I'd got involved earlier. I wish I wasn't so scared. I wasn't so self-conscious that I didn't join earlier. So just give it a go. Um, Mm. But in terms of, like, theatre societies for us, at the start of the year or start of term, we're always advertising positions and roles and auditions because we tend to know what's going on. Next year it's going to be a bit different for us, personally, but um, (laughs) we will be, like... And it's just basically, like, following social medias and um, looking out for events. That's what happened with me. I just basically... I I discovered musical... I discovered Theatre Exeter through X-Tech, which is the Technical Theatre Society, because I first looked into that in a way of um, keeping up my lighting experience I had at, at our school. And they don't do well they didn't at the time do their own things they basically were a go-between society that you it's a very techs a very strange entity in and of itself um it's slowly evolving but it takes it's taking its time so i met through i went to uh a production team freshers week event in my first year and almost got like talked into being a costume or wardrobe person by accident wow because you've got very persuasive second and third years telling you how amazing being like a costume uh, manager is or being a stage assistant is and i was like going yeah i'll be a stage assistant i'll be a publicity manager and then i just like (laughs) took a step back and went no i want to be lighting olivia get yourself together and then i went to interviews and stuff and i got I got involved in quite a lot very quickly, so I kind of made mm. a small... Especially in the Musical Theatre Society, I made a small name for myself, for just Luka- being everywhere. Um,
0: <laughs> you turned the corner, <laughs> and there I was lurking behind the lighting desk. <laughs> but, so I think you've talked about Spelling Bee on a mm. previous episode. Cause that, was that your first show? No, the first show. show I did it both university, but also
1: was the lighting designer for Philly. Yeah. I didn't have well, I had a bit of help but it was more like to show me the ropes of certain things but great yeah but how about, like cause you obviously got a very different like university experience to me yeah. but how did you get involved in theater back home Cause, like obviously you did a lot of like mm. student theater
0: St- yeah student at, community theater yeah which And how is does that like compare so to
1: what you yeah. then have like gone on to what does like the pros because I know like student theatre is very different to yeah. I know especially for like every, every part of it from like people on stage to people backstage mm-hmm. it's similar but also completely different to what like being in a West End theatre or a professional theatre would be
0: so well I, yeah I did a lot of community theatre back home like, oh, like some big event like I did a show in the West End no t- two shows in the West three Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Three in the West End. And I did a national tour as a child. So that was... Which was Annie. I've been in different sides theatres before. And I had Mm -hmm. a varying range of experience. And the school we went to... Okay, this is going to come... Okay, hear me out fully. Okay. I was definitely put on a pedestal. Mm. Told I was one of the best. And given roles... Which proved that fact. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Because no one else kind of had a way in. Mm. They did towards the end of my year because I took the character parts. Yeah. Because that's kind of what they typecast me as. But like, I was definitely put on that trajectory. Then when I was auditioning my first year for drama school, I remember our head of drama going, listen, sometimes you just haven't got it. And I was Mm. like, what do you mean I haven't got it? You told me I'm fantastic. Stick all these years. So I think there's a certain ego hit, which every child that does performing arts outside of school has. When they go, yeah. I'm no longer the prodigy, I thought. I'm no longer the Mozart of the <laughs> performing arts industry. Even though I didn't really have that hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean, though? So I, then yeah, I did I my think first... I've
1: met quite a few university students who still haven't had that hit. I've got to it will
0: come. Yeah. It'll come when they've graduated. They go for their mm-hmm. first job thinking they're going to get yeah. it, and they don't. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I was kind of on that pedestal, and then I didn't get in my first year. Well, I, was, I got a foundation offer from Lambda, but it was thirteen grand, not including living expenses, which is yeah. just ridiculous. And it, it's not guaranteed for everything. But then I've got a friend who's done two foundation years, which has been helpful, so it's you know don't take my advice on that so I took a gap year and I did more community theatre which was really good fun and then so for drama school auditions that's kind of the first hurdle you have your monologues Shakespeare or a classical another Shakespeare classical a contemporary monologue that could be post 1980 post 2006 post 2010 so you have one for every single one of those categories because yeah. every single school asks for something different yeah sometimes the school have their own set of features it's very it's i like th- there was a point in year 13 my first year of trying i was in year 13 that i remember our teacher mr avery god bless him when you're not yourself are you I just burst into tears. I was like, I'm mm. not getting in anywhere. And so we were doing Chicago, which is the production we've talked about yeah. before. And for the final production, five minutes before going on, I got my f- final rejection mm. from drama school. And I was like, "Right, well, I'm not doing thing in my... I'm having a gap year. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then if you're doing musical theatre, you have your dance rounds, your singing rounds, but then you have your modern song, your legit song, your modern, modern song, because some songs are not as not modern as you want them to be. You have your Suntime, you have your GNS, you have your RNH. It's, it's emotionally exhausting. But once yeah. you're in, I got in my second year of trying, and once you're in, the societies are very weird. Mm. Now, I can only speak for Bruford. But we have, I want to set up a musical theatre society. There isn't a musical theatre society. Mm. There's Dragon Cabaret for like performing arts. There's like, there's like other societies, but just performing, I think. But you have that's a very,
1: you have like only some like 30 societies, don't you? If
0: that, yeah. Because we
1: have at Exeter, there are 300 societies ranging yeah. from, I don't so, know, Swift Sock to. <laughs> yeah.
0: To I mean, Bacon. if you're wanting to be a performer or an actor. Mm. There's a really hard debate to have with yourself because do you want that university experience of societies and like it's a better environment to make mistakes in, mm. you know? Because there's a it's a, it's massively it's kind of more massively pressured at drama school because there's a place they expect you to be by the end. They won't they won't say like we expect you to have an agent and have a job and have this, but there's yeah. a pressure if you don't. Like what if I don't have an agent? What what the fuck do I do now? But like society-wise, there are so many different things to get involved in because your degree is performing. Like I'm in the first day society, uh, the cabaret society, yoga, the football club. Uh, there's a there's a D and D society. Have joined that. That's fun. Yeah. But like the main, like the hard work is actually getting in. Actually. Yeah. And it's definitely not a process I take lightly.
1: I think it's something that you kind of just hear about, and you just sort of like, oh, she's applying, yeah. or they're applying to drama school, but you never actually know.
0: People don't understand what it takes. Because, like, when like, um, I'm university,
1: it's UCAS; it's all kind of mm. done yeah. for you. You don't really have to think too much about it. Oh, the money! Mm.
0: I mean, for, like, what were your expenses for your all your applications?
1: It would just be kind to of, um, any uh, open days I went to if you go mm, to them, but you don't have to spend money if you don't mm, want to. No.
0: Well, there's like the there's like train there's, so that, like in theory there's train journeys, accommodation. That's kind of it. Mm.
1: Yeah. So and so, but, like I know lots of people who have rocked up at university without ever going to an open day for any of their universities. Yeah. which But I personally don't don't agree with and I. Mm. Yeah. As a person, need open days, days but. I also know that some people are very happy to rock up with no previous experience. Mm. But
0: Did you have an interview extra for your course? To be honest, no. most
1: oh. universities don't really do interviews anymore. It's only for specific modules, like Weird. courses. So maybe like medicine uh, we'll or
0: veterinary that do it. But Oh, interesting. Because for drama school, here we go. Mm. My first year, I think I auditioned for seven places, roughly seven each costing between 40 and 70 pounds to audition and that's that's just upfront that's not like you're guaranteed a recall or you get through to the final round that's like rad was 76 pounds mm. that's insane anyway yeah. so then you have the train journey to get there because you have to do these things in person at least you know you're meant to so that's depending where you live like 40 quid mm there and back. Accommodation because it's an often an early start at like 9am. Sometimes you have the first round is three hours like it was at Central. Sometimes it's five minutes like it was first year at Lambda, but then they changed that whole process. So I remember calculating it. My first year cost me about £600, rounding down. A shock. <laughs> Second year, I applied for less places, but I got further on. Yeah. But then the pandemic hits. So I didn't have to pay that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was about 200, 250. But like, if you mm. don't have the money for that, there, there are actually waivers and things you can get, but it's such an investment. Yeah. And then there's an emotional investment because you put all into working. It's like, I had an acting coach, 35 quid mm. a week, 70 quid a week, depending how long. Mm. Once you're in, your next three years are covered. Yeah. But then you're constantly, like, I'm thinking now, like, I need to start contacting agents. Mm. I need to start doing, I need to, because if I if I don't have something at the end, it's like, right, I'm going to go and work in a diner. I think because what you get being in a drama school and being in
1: any specialised place mm. is you have people around you who are all in the same boat, which is yeah both good and bad, because you're all kind of going through the similar things, but at the same time you can't Mm. escape it. Whereas with university, I know some... like I only know really one other person close to me who is in a similar boat to me where she is in second-year politics and is looking into the future. Yeah. But we're both looking into different... We're kind of looking into similar areas, but not the same. But like everyone Mm. else, it's kind of like, oh, I'm looking into going into this master's or this foundation course or this um, PGCE. I'm looking into this... um, law conversion and stuff so everyone's looking at different things at different stages i'm quite early at looking at masters because i kind of had a little mini panic myself and just went i need Mm -hmm. to know what i'm doing next year at the end of it but at university most people especially first year completely ignore it you're just there for a first year and then it's second year that things start to you start to go oh i wonder what will happen in my dissertation i wonder what i'll do next year and, like, I now am considering my modules for next year. and it, But mm. it's still kind of... It's still that thing where, like, oh, you need to start having an idea, but it's not crucial yet. So... Yeah. It's, like, only now I'm thinking about internships and
0: stuff like that, so... Mm. The amazing thing about drama school is, like, I'm already writing a TV show with someone I've met there. Mm. I've already got people I know that I'm going to be casting in that show. Yeah. like i'm on a course with mm. but it's also really really hard because i live with some of those people so it's mm. literally 24 7 yeah and it's so exhausting because it's like we're all doing the same thing if-
1: but also you can love the people that you're with a lot but you Definitely. still need a break Best from lot. them like yeah i mean take that from an introvert like me who <laughs> absolutely loves my closest friends but can does have to say at some point no you need to leave me the fuck alone <laughs> I need to sit in a dark room (laughs) and listen to Taylor Swift for four hours. Yeah. yeah. And that's quite hard to do
0: it when you're living and breathing all the same events. Mm. But also, with my course, it's, you do, acting is obviously the main thing you do, but you're also being trained to be a writer, you're being trained to be a director, dramaturgy.
1: That's quite interesting, because
0: a lot of, like, that's the sort of thing you would do at a drama... Yeah. Degree Yeah my course is a bit of a bridge of that gap Yeah. Because I knew I wanted to do an acting course However Mm. The prospects of graduating now Covid aside Without showing you can do more than that Yeah Is awful at the moment Yes you have kind of You don't have an agent showcase and stuff But then You know Find those connections Do it for yourself Be independent Mm. And that's kind of what I've tried to do yeah. But it's it's all it's just it's it's a really hard thing of like, I want more acting but then equally I'm like, I don't want to take away the writing. Like like one Ooh. of our uh so we are directed by um in a I think it's a practical project this year by Nicole Charles who directed Amelia. Going back yeah. to a theatrical literally theatre. One theme. of my favourite plays and one of the best yeah. plays. And, and Amelia is such an incredible play. Mm. I think I've only heard one person say anything negative about them. Yeah. But yeah, she's fantastic and she's coming in and like I couldn't take away that opportunity. No. And we had uh, a woman called Debbie Young Annie Tafrica who Mm. has her own like decolonial performance method for like creating your own solo work. Which is so fun! The
1: like hour and a half I spent watching
0: her (laughs) conduct your thing. I was enthralled. I was like, Hi! You're I amazing. So much her Instagram like seriously follow her on social <laughs> media. She's like she's it's very holistic based practice. Yeah. Which is now a lot what a lot of drama schools trying to go into.
1: Because they yeah. realize
0: they're torturing people. So now mm. they're like, we need to take care of our people but still torture them yeah. outside that class. <laughs> so it's very much like we start with a meditation. Mm. We end with and we're checking in with our emotions and at the start I was like what is this foodie crap and then I was like I'm loving this my body is a river (laughs) (laughs) and like the work I produce from it I find so cringy but I'm happy with it
1: that's great like sometimes you just need to and I think like that's that's a good like you've got a space where you're trying all these different things from different people that Mm. You never otherwise get because like the thing with a drama degree yeah. is that it's very, it is an academic version of drama. It is. Like you have performance, but it's still coming from an academic side. Because I've I've read um dra- Gemma, my housemate, I've read one of her essays and like helped her edit it and stuff. And it is like, mm. I mean, coming. I'm yeah. someone who does more academic stuff, so I find it interesting. But it's yeah. They're very, it, it, like, you're exploring the similar things, but from a more theatrical side, whereas she's exploring yeah. it from an
0: academic side. Yeah. And so, hey, okay, this is a myth that needs to be dispelled. This is what <laughs> we're here for. Right. Debunking myth. Okay. On an acting or vocational drama degree, mm-hmm. whether you're a muso or musical theatre, whatever, you do essays. They yeah. lie. You do a reflective frickin' journal where I have to write about my life, and I did a whole entry on how much I love Sutton Foster and got first from it, so. Oh, yeah! nice. And. Uh, it's what she deserves. Sutton Foster so deserves the world. But because I wrote about something and it shows my personality, that's a big fricking tick. Nice. Um, but you do. You do I, I've done three. I'm going to be doing my third essay this term. Oh, wow. Yeah. Musical theatre base. I wrote my first essay on falsettos I then started to write My second essay on falsettos And then forgot that I wasn't meant to be doing a musical I was meant to be doing plays
1: Yeah.
0: But now it's a musical Can I do falsettos Can you prove it,
1: was, can you prove it changed society though
0: It was one of the first it, it was the first Musical that showed Gay men on stage wasn't
1: it I have no idea <laughs>
0: My, well, certainly my in a relationship.
1: I was going to say, my falsetto's knowledge basically revolves around the 2016 mm. version, which is bad. I should yes, learn more about the original version.
0: But no boy. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. If, I, if, I, R- if it's between Andrew Reynolds and Christian Borel and old people from the 80s, I'm going <laughs> to... Old people. people
0: you don't even know, you need to say their names. They're old people. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's like... You know, Angels in America portrayed HIV-AIDS on stage. Mm. Falsettos put a little bit of a ditty to that. <laughs> they plinky Angels plonks. in America, but with jazz hands.
1: <laughs> oh. I love how most of our conversations <laughs> revert back to falsettos. I'm, they do. And, <laughs> poor sorry, Hannah. Sorry, I was gonna say, <laughs> Hannah, who hates it, or Like anyone
0: who doesn't like or
1: doesn't know oh. falsettos, is just like...
0: But no, you know what? I'll give some drama school advice. If anyone here is listening to this and like, yeah, I want to audition for drama school. Like, there are amazing things you can do. Number one, in your spare time, you've got time in this lockdown because you do have time. You can find monologues you like. You can go through them analytically and go like, these are the objectives. This is this, this is this, is this. And then have it in a rep and do the same with songs if that's what you're into. That is, like, so important because you've already had that basis. Then, like, like going into an acting through song class and me going to the teacher, like, I have this, this, this in my rep. They're like, right, okay, we know what not to do. Yeah. Which is so good. And number two, have physical fitness. Because I have physical fitness to some level. Not a big level, but some Mm -hmm. level. And we were doing power yoga, right? And I managed to get through the whole thing. Have some physical fitness, just say. Even if you think you're going to be holding a skull and Horatio all day, you still yeah. need fitness to hold that skull, do you know? <laughs> I
1: mean, that's something similar for theatre societies. I mean, you don't yeah. need it at the similar level, but especially with Footlights, the one I'm involved in, that's a very traditional musical style, mm. musical theatre society. So kind of think of your Singing in the Rains, your Chicago's, your kind of exactly. big blockbuster dance musicals yeah that's what they are so i i've seen a lot of people do dance non-stop whilst belting their face off so it is yeah. something that or even just just being under the freaking lights like i'm behind the desk i'm in the dark those lights are hot and bright just yeah it's sweaty it's sweaty
0: tell you what i hate i need to go even though it won't go it will only get more popular Self tapes, uh, can't stand them. Have you Have you ever done one? I don't know why. No, you might have. Don't know why you might have. <laughs> you, you
1: might have done. And if I ever got into a situation where I would need to self tape, I'm noping out of that instantly.
0: But <laughs> like there are so many, because mm. it's like, so for my final round at Lambda last year, that was self taping because of COVID, and I was like, I just know. I'm gonna not get. I'm not gonna get into the. I might make the waiting list, but I'm not going to get in. Because I'm someone mm-hmm. who bounces off an energy. Yeah. It's why I find, like, online auditions so hard. Because I'm like, mm. I need I need that atmosphere in the room to make me get, like, the fire up my ass, you know? Yeah. So, having to do a self-tape, and there was, like, there was one script that I was taping for. And the only people I had at the time was my mum and my dad. And it was a love script mm. that involved some uh, R-rated subjects. Am I going to read this with either of them? No! Yeah. So I had to uh, record myself saying the other lines and remember the timings so I could fit into those lines. Oh, my God. Or I had someone on Zoom reading in, which was a hilarious time lag. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Oh, my God. I'm excited for Back to the Future, though. She's changing the subject mm. entirely. Are yeah. they going to have the car? Are they Are going to have the car? I don't know. Probably. Can't have not
1: have the car. See, okay. Greece. No.
0: Mm. Right. The film. Oh,
1: Greece live. Stunning. stunning. Oh, that car chase. When he's going to drive hilarious.
0: the car. It, it was almost like awful.
1: Like, I get that it was tough, it was so but crazy. it was, oh my god, it was hilarious. I was watching it going, wow, this is Aww. great special effects.
0: It's just not. Like, like, like if they have the car and matched the vehicle, I don't know what they would do, but you need those iconic doors, don't you? Yeah. If it just sits there,
1: that'd be such a letdown. Yeah, but it's, I don't know, it depends. <laughs> They're gonna, I hope they do the fire between the legs. And... Out of
0: context, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I want to make a compilation of Olivia Siegler out of context. I'll tell you what uh, some kids did when I left my uh, teaching job. Yeah. they so we'd done video casts as like drama lessons, and yeah. they made a compilation of moments where I was laughing at innuendos. Yeah, and like, these are nine-year-olds. When I was nine, I was not using iMovie. I was like <laughs> with my Tamagotchi that was dying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or like forgetting about your wee Nintendogs
0: for. Oh my god. A few months. Yes, they made like a, a this really long compilation of me going like making really awkward faces because something my boss would often say when they're like spotlighting someone on Zoom is "I'll make you big." <laughs> and the and the, the first time I'd hear that, but not real not realizing like okay my face moves with my brain. I've noticed this and it's it can be really that, traumatic. Yeah. So like if someone says something weird I'm, I really use my face to show my expression.
1: I can never act off when I make a mistake I'm someone who just goes or oh, like I'll be speaking I'm like I if I know I'm not making sense I'm, I just look like I'm I'm like what am I saying right now yeah. and everyone's like are you all right and I'm like no you can tell I'm in that's why like Helen and ballet always got annoyed because I would like instantly I just always pull a face yeah. as soon as I did something wrong I was like <laughs> no that was bad
0: <laughs> if I'm performing I've learned to cover mistakes yeah that's something I have but that's only with practice over time so, like, I did not realise I was making these expressions. I didn't think it was that obvious. And they also made a compilation of, okay. They made a compilation of me being iconic for 10 minutes straight.
1: Oh,
0: What a little legend!
1: Gigi, have you been listening to anything new recently?
0: Actually, something I can recommend is kind of a musical show thing to our listeners out on the waves. Mm. It's Fugitive, which is a song cycle. Oh, okay. I re- I think it was done in 2012 or something, and I only recently discovered it on like one of those musical theater moments that send me. Yeah. Or live permanently rent free. And it's with Ga- I think Gavin Creel's on it. And it's okay. ju- it's it's just a really nice score. And it's original. I miss original musical theater. And, like, the only original musical theatre I'm finding at the moment is in song cycles, in these smaller shows, which are, like, passion projects. Uh, Because a module I'm doing at, briefly at the moment, is the History of Musical Theatre. And, like, the Golden Age in Musical Theatre actually featured very few original shows. Uh Kiss Me, Kate is based on Shakespeare. I
1: was going to say, it was also quite a lot of vaudeville-esque uh, or like you're kind of not at that time out. but oh, okay. it was transitioning
0: so out yeah. of like the 20s was very vaudeville there was kind of a resurgence somewhere but like yeah. the golden age of musical theatre is called the golden age because it was all based on literature legends, folklore because people wanted a good story So they and because the writers were having to create a musical rather than you know Have a cabaret show, or a play, or an opera. It's a very different process because you need a good score and a good book. They didn't want to do a lot of the work of like an original, entirely original idea. So it makes sense. But now I just think it's so bloody lazy.
1: I was like, so I mentioned this a few episodes ago or something called musical splaining. Mm. Um, I no, I mentioned it. I think in our Hamilton episode because it was over the summer musical yeah. explaining is a podcast i really like and it basically they, they've now moved on to musical uh, movie musicals because they can't see stage shows but one of the hosts brought up how actually the kind of version of musicals we think about now was popularized mm. in a sense by andrew lloyd Webber's um yeah. operatic theater uh, operatic musicals mm. because Traditionally, musicals were like the sound of music, like Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah. They were a lot, they were very no. plot. *Rodgers well, and, like, and Hammerstein. Gilbert
0: and Hammerstein. Sul- Gilbert and uh, Sullivan Ooh. were 1890s. Oh, yeah. Very Roger different. and Hammerstein were sound um, music. That's what I meant.
1: Um, but like that <laughs> kind of like, um, or like Gershwin, where it's kind of like plot and a few songs here and there. And then you could just go a while without hearing one, maybe, for a bit. And then you... Oh, another one. And there's a lot of, like, reprises and very kind of... But then, like, the musicals we kind of think of now were made popular by Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, very, like, sung-through style, which is, like, the Jesus Christ superstars, the Evitas, the Phantoms, where they're, like, constantly throwing at you. And it kind of, like, that big operatic style that then you see in Les Miz and you see in all these other ones and Sondheim starts yeah. bringing it in. That was not how musicals were for many years and now that's what we mm. kind of assumed then to be.
0: But Yeah. Well, Rodgers and Hammerstein were the ones who changed it all with Oklahoma. Mm. Yeah. Oklahoma was the first show that had dialogue in a song rather than yeah. a song in dialogue. Yeah. And... They were the ones who brought in reprises. Mm. They're the reason we have more songs in Act One than Act Two. And so we blame Rodgers and Hammerstein for a lot of it, because Sondheim brought in the concept musical because because so. And that's the both... story you take away from this. Blame Rodgers and Hammerstein. <laughs> blame them. We did, did. you see *Follies*? I've not, never seen *Follies*. Okay. I've never seen *Follies*. Songtime. I love the guy. However, yeah. he has done something called the concept musical, which is basically, mm-hmm. I cannot be asked to think of a good enough plot. I'm yeah. just gonna do song after song after song after song after song, and have maybe like one character that you follow through them all. Yeah. Bobby and Company. Follies. The only plot is it's a high school reunion and maybe there's some rekindled love there. That is it. Sweeney Todd is based on something. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's yeah, an it's old like story. a Penny dreadful
1: novel or something. Yeah.
0: So you know he's got his plot from somewhere. Into the woods.
1: There's no plot. That's partly my issue with.
0: Sondheim, it's just a different genre. It's a concept musical. Yeah. It's yeah. why
1: I like Assassins because it works for Assassins because of it's a bit like Six yeah. in a way where it's just a group of people and you're sharing a common thread. Yeah. It works for that. But for, like, com- for Company, where you're watching, in theory, a staged musical, but it's not a musical in a way because it's not making sense. It's just music <laughs> with a kind of a plot. Oh. And you come away from it going, that was excellent. What did I just watch?
0: What, what I love about Company is that... So so we saw the revival in mm-hmm. London 2018, I think it was. Like, Jonathan yeah. Bailey as Jamie. Was like Craig as
1: uh, Bobby? Patty LaPone as whatever the hell Patty LaPone.
0: Um, Joanna. Joanne. I don't know. She's just Patty LaPone in my head. <laughs> See, so we saw that production, and I remember you. I. I mean, how do you feel about company now? I mean, you've already expressed some. Uh, I, I like it because at the time you were like, "What's going on?" Because I was like. I know the show I've done the show yeah so I was sat there going I know what's happening now but I after watching Getting Married Today I was like I want more Jamie and Paul
1: my my thing was just the kind of I knew it wasn't meant to make sense but I didn't enjoy that it didn't make And like I love Ladies Who Lunch with Patti LuPone mm. being this amazing person. But I'm just like, this song makes no sense. Why is this happening? And then you just have this big, like, rising number at the end where Bobby is singing about, like, being, becoming alive and stuff. And everyone's like, oh, my God, that resonates so
0: much. And I'm like, it would resonate if I knew what she was talking about. I think you can watch. Okay, so, like, the point of company is for all her friends teaching her how to be married, But like they don't Or not to be married. They don't
1: teach (laughs) That's they don't give any advice. They just go, well, you could do it like me or you could not. Have fun. And then like all her partners are just going, like, you could be with me, or you
0: could not. And she's like, Well, I guess I won't. (laughs) Okay, I I wish there'd been a number after being alive. Cracking number. Okay, side by side, I think is the title of their big number in Act Two. When it's her birthday. It's so much fun! Yeah,
1: it is. It was a great one to watch.
0: Olivia, let's do our musical shuffle of the week. My musical shuffle of the week is Sincerely Me from Dear Evan Hansen. Ooh. Which is a classic kind of male trio performance piece.
1: One of the few I like from Dear Evan Hansen.
0: (laughs) You're not as I think. I'm marginally more of a fan of David. I I need to watch
1: it. I need to go see it in person. Yeah. I just have a thing with Pascal and Paul. I've just fallen
0: out of love with their storytelling. My thing with Pascal and Paul is that it's very, very white male driven, which is fine to an extent because that's who they are. My thing is that. All the female
1: characters can't have their own story. They must be driven by the men around them. And they can only be
0: saved by the men around them. Mm. They can't do
1: their own things
0: Exactly. And I just don't think many of the characters in Evan Hansen are massively well-rounded. Like, would I like to play Zoe Murphy? Yes, I would. Would I feel, at the end of each performance, like I've given everything the character's got I don't think so. I think there's much more that you have to go into yourself if I may do a kind of runner up choice, livia yeah. may I yeah, it is jet set from um Catch me if you can Ooh. Catch me if you can is being done more and more um definitely at drama schools. So I think Art said did a reduction, maybe last year maybe a few years ago, but um. It's quite a good show. There's a few good numbers in there. The
1: only song I know from Catch Me If You Can, I used to have it on my playlist and then I realised I didn't like, oh, I didn't listen to any other song apart from Play By The Rules or something like that, which yeah. is the song that they did at the Tony performance the year that they were nominated and that <laughs> is a banging song. I recommend that Tony performance mm. like
0: to watch the it, really it if you can really find good. it. But... Fly Fly Away is another song from Catch If You Can. It's something I think I've... I don't think I've ever been in an audition room where the person who's chosen to sing it has ever known the plot. They've just heard it and gone, yeah, I'll do that. It's not that
1: well known. I'll do that. But I've got... We both reached for the gun from the movie version of Chicago, Hmm. which I have to admit, I tend to actually prefer... Yes It's a great movie adaptation One of the few brilliant movie musical adaptations yes. um, Yeah Yeah It's a great
0: song as well It's also It knows it's based on a musical Yeah um, On a play, sorry Like a, like in a theatre setting It keeps that setting Because cellblock tango It's oh. all proscenium arch Roxy's yeah. done with the mirrors So it's still a little very theatrical yeah, That's what I love about that film it doesn't forget its roots. Oh, unlike yeah. the proms. <laughs> and on that, no note... <laughs> <laughs> on that note. On that note. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of At One Beginner's Core.
1: Very much more conversational. Yeah. Do enjoyable. let us know
0: if this is a vibe that you're looking at, like, yeah. like to listen to. Have on the background of your life. Keep engaging with us on social media. Yeah. We're on Instagram. Maybe we'll branch out. No, uh, not the mo. Clearly not the moment. <laughs> Maybe in the future. Who Maybe. knows? Maybe we'll be like Twitch streamers oh, at God. some point. <laughs> I'll get headphones with cat ears. <laughs> we'll have the big gaming chairs and the green screen. Yeah. Uh, yeah so no thank you for listening and tune in next week where you know we've enjoyed film reviews so maybe you'll see another one very soon who knows we might just shake it up a little Mm. I've been Gigi (laughs) and I've been Olivia thank you and goodbye